0: a professional writer, when you open up that blank screen in an email system, it can be a little bit intimidating. But it doesn't have to be. So what most bloggers do is they throw into their email the last post that they wrote. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad idea. I'm just suggesting that maybe we could put some more thought into what that content is that goes into the email. So that's the first set of tips I have for you today. What are some ideas beyond your last post that you can add to your newsletter? First thing I suggest is opening up Google Analytics and look to see what is trending this week. Now you're going to have some posts that are trending all the time. Our date nights post, for example, is always in the top three. It doesn't matter what, it's always in the top three. I can send it any time in the newsletter, it's going to be fine. But I do have some posts that ebb and flow with the season that might not even be seasonal content. So I can grab those if they are in the flow um, at that particular week. Now don't forget about seasonal content. A lot of people also wait until the season before they send their seasonal content. So they won't send their Halloween content, for example, until a week or two before Halloween comes. But when I look at my Google Analytics, I can see Halloween and Christmas content starting in early September. And it feels really weird to send it, but you've got to trust the data more than your gut, especially if you have data. So go ahead and send it. People are obviously interested in it. Don't be scared to send it. And you can say, hey, we noticed a lot of people are checking this post out right now. For those of you who are early planners, you might wanna you know, get on the ball. The second way to plan your content is by looking at RPMs. So if you are on an ad network, then you can typically go in and see which of your articles have the highest RPM. So this isn't which articles you're making the most money from because that's a combination of the RPM and the page views. This is just what's the highest RPM. And sometimes that is going to surprise you. I had a post recently um, that had an RPM of over $300. So I wanted as many people as possible to read that post. So I grabbed it, put it in the next week's newsletter. So you can do the same cause that's going to ensure the highest return for sending out a post. My next idea is to think about those ideas that you had that, um, you wanted to write a post on, you looked it up, the keyword volume was just not worth your time in creating a post. You can take that content and add it into a newsletter. So here's an example. Um, I have a lot of posts on natural hot springs around the country, because we love a natural hot spring. But if I wanna do a roundup of those, I looked it up and the best natural hot springs was some sort of low keyword volume, I think it was under 600. So it wasn't worth my time to put a post together, but it's definitely worth my time to add to the newsletter. So I can say, you know, we love a natural hot springs and talk about all the different ones that we've been to that were our favorite and maybe within the copy there, link out to the ones in Montana and the ones in Colorado and the ones in Utah that we really like. So keep track of those post ideas that you have that don't have high keyword volume because you can use them in your newsletter. And then my last idea is to use affiliates. So you wanna do this sparingly, you also don't wanna come across as spammy, but what you can do is think about um, a product that you just used that blew your mind, a hotel you just stayed at that was amazing, a pan you just used that was perfect for a particular casserole, and you can share that along with the affiliate link in your email just have to make sure that email marketing is an okay method of sharing that link with the affiliate that you're working with. Now you've got words on paper. So let's talk about how to optimize those words. The first tip I have for you in this area is to minimize your calls to action. Now in the email marketing space, the kind of rule is only one call to action in any email. And as a blogger, especially somebody who puts out a lot of content every week, that is very hard. When I first started doing email marketing, I had um, these guides that I would send out. So I had a Christmas guide, a fall guide, a summer guide, a Valentine's guide, all these different guides. And they had eight, 10, 12, sometimes even 14 different posts in there, all of them linking out because I wanted people to see everything on my blog that would help them with that particular thing. and. It was okay, but when I decided to pull it back and just add two calls of action in every email, then I saw the click rate go through the roof. So the point is, you don't want to try to serve everybody in your newsletter with every email that you send out. You just want to serve a select few for whom this email is perfect. And as long as you share the love with all the different types of readers um, as you're sending consistent emails, then it will work beautifully. People don't want a lot of choices. They want you to tell them what they need to look at this week. Okay, now the second one, think about your photo size. So hopefully you're adding photos into your newsletters. Those make it much more appealing for people to click through. Um, But you want to watch the size. If your photos are too big, then when they get delivered, then um, when people click on them or click on the article that the photo's associated with, it takes a long time to load. If it even loads into their email, and that just makes people wanna hit delete right away. So keep your photos definitely under one meg, smaller if you can, and I'm not, so I'm not talking about the dimensions, I'm talking about the actual file size, because you can load a three gig photo into your email system, and they'll make it really small for you, but it's still pulling that three gig photo. So try to make it um, under one meg for each of the photos. Next, I want you to talk to your audience. Now, I know I'm a little bit of an anomaly in that I don't do a lot of social media sharing. Most bloggers share a ton on social media on Instagram and on TikTok, and you're really good at it. You're really good at engaging with your audience and telling them your story and making them feel like a part of your life. And I want you to think of your newsletter as an extension of that. Really talk to your audience. Um, don't just send you know two links, an ad, and let it be that give them a story, give them a reason to relate to you, bring them into your life. So um, one of the ways that you can do that when you write your letter and you're sharing is use a copywriting technique called bucket brigades. It's a very old school technique for copywriting. So you can look up bucket brigade copywriting and it'll explain it. But basically it's a means of using really short words and sentences to grab people's attention and pull them down the page. We use this a lot in our posts, but I want you to also think about using it in your newsletter. It helps keep people engaged, get them down to the, to the bottom where your links are. And I always try to relate the links with a story. So if I'm sharing something about bike rides in Atlanta, then up at the top, I'll tell people about our last bike riding experience. So it really flows together, but it gives them a reason after they've heard my story about our epic bike ride for 20 miles and the kids were dying of thirst and then we stopped and we got the best ice cream after they hear that whole story then they're gonna want to click that bike article even more now my last tip is a b testing so if you're not a technical nerd like me then the thought of a b testing can sound daunting and horrible and you're probably going la 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 la." but it's really important to do and i suggest starting with a b testing your titles depending on what tool you're using to send your emails, this can be really easy. We use Drip. I love Drip. I will recommend Drip all day long to everybody outside of ConvertKit and MailChimp. It's really easy to do A-B title testing there. But I will tell you, most of the time, because we've been doing this a while, the titles that I first come up with are the ones that do really well. But every once in a while, I'll just I'll, put, I'll brainstorm all my titles, usually about six um, different titles. And one of them that I thought was really horrible will turn out to be the winner. And uh, it'll help the email get a larger open rate and then a larger click-through rate once people read through my bucket brigades. So take the time to learn about how to do title A-B testing in your tool and just brainstorm even some wild and crazy um, email titles as long as you're content is delivering on the promise of the title and see what works and what doesn't work because a small difference in a large list. So a small difference of open rate and a large list can be a large number of people who are opening it, click clicking through on that high RPM article and sending some more money into your pocket for the week. Comment down below. If you do this in your next email, I'd really like to hear what your results were. Was your first thought the best? or your uh, your second, third, fourth choice? Let me know in the comments below. Hey, real quick, this is Leslie, just dropping in to remind you that I have several free resources on my blog right now that I'd love you to get your hands on. Just head over to lesliepeterson.com. The link is in the show notes below and grab my free blog post update checklist. Or if you're on a journey to fire up your blog's email newsletter, grab my free list of 52 newsletter connection prompts. With both of those, I'll include a video about how to use them to build a solid relationship with your subscribers or work towards doubling your traffic with updates. Grab both of those at lesliepetersen.com.